Welcome to the podcast. Big night tonight because Joe Biden's going to be out there doing a speech. And that's always fun because at some point he's going to say squirrels in the middle of it. And we're not going to know why he said it. And it's just going to be funny. Um, he's also going to spend about $4 trillion of your dollars. We go through all the details of what uh, we have spent and what we are apparently going to spend now. Uh, it's shocking, to say the least. We have Jason Whitlock on. Uh, he's always fantastic when he comes on. Yako Buyans as well to explain to us what the heck is going on in South Africa and what lessons are we learning from South Africa that might be coming here very soon. You don't want to miss that. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go for tonight's coverage. If you use the promo code Glenn, they got you 20 bucks off uh, your subscription. Now, this incredible program has not only Glenn Beck, but also Mark Levin is going to be joining us, among others, including myself. I'll be there as well to react to the speech. And that will be right after a brand new Stu Does America, uh, which starts at 8 p.m. So 8 p.m. for Stu Does America, 9 p.m. Glenn's live coverage of the speech with Joe Biden. And then uh, don't forget, it's always free uh, on a podcast. You can check it out right here. Uh, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to Stu Does America as well. Appreciate you taking the time. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Jason Whitlock. Welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Headed well, to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, and you're giving a you're giving a speech. Give us a little highlight of the speech. Well, I I I think we've discussed some of it here. It certainly has been inspired by some of my conversations with you. But if you really understand America's journey and how central the African American journey was to making America live up to its promise of freedom. And so the African-American journey expanded freedom and made America hyper-focused on freedom. Mm -hmm. And it helped us become the greatest nation in the world, the African-American journey and having to live up to the things we promised in the Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution. And if you really understand what's going on in America right now, African-Americans have been targeted by our adversaries, China, Russia, uh, the Mideast, uh, the le- the far left, the satanic left, and they understand that without African-Americans on their team, they can't bring down America. And so they have targeted us and have moved us away from our faith-based worldview and have removed us from being America's moral conscience, and that's why so much degeneracy is is promoted by liberals in control of the zeitgeist and Hollywood culture. Degeneracy is promoted within black uh, culture. And now you have guys like LeBron James and all the Hollywood influencers and athletic influencers expressing all of this anti-American sentiment. And that's why we have so much chaos here in America. Have you, have you met LeBron? I mean, you're a sports writer. Have you met him? What do you What do you think of him? Uh, I've met him, but not in a real way. I've been, you know, practices, games, press conferences. Have you know asked him questions at press conferences, things. I at one point I was tight with uh, the people close to LeBron, Maverick Carter, his business partner, and Rich Paul, and have sat down with a lot of those guys. What I mostly think is that. And, and I, look, I just got to be real. I'm a former athlete. 
when you focus that much time on your body and athleticism and developing your athletic ability, there's not a lot of time left over to develop your intellectual capacity. So most of the guys that I have known who are blessed with the most physical ability aren't the brightest lights in the world. LeBron's not one of the brightest lights in the world. There, there are some athletes, Grant Hill, uh, others who are you know pretty smart, come from really solid family foundations and are more well-rounded than LeBron. LeBron's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He's not one of the greatest thinkers. And it's not surprising. If I was blessed with that kind of athletic talent, I wouldn't be one of the brightest thinkers. Not that I am now, but, but I just think that athleticism, that level of it gets in the way of developing your intellectual capacity. And so LeBron's not very bright, and but he's got a lot of money, and that trumps all in America when you worship uh, money the way we do here in this country, we tend to think, oh, that guy's got a lot of money. He's got to be really smart. And I say a lot of times the people with the most money are the people either physically blessed or the people willing to cut the most corners uh, to get the money. And, you know, there's a reason why God says, you know, a rich man is like getting a, a camel through a needle for him to see the kingdom of heaven. I guess that's why I blow so much money, Glenn. I want to I want to die poor. <laughs> 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 so uh, much to my kids' uh, chagrin, I want to die poor as well. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, so, what's his motivation? Do you think? Oh, I think he and Nike. He's being a great Nike employee, and Nike is beholden to China, and their interest in growing their market share in China supersedes growing their market share in America. China has 1.4 billion citizens. We have 333 million or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And so Nike is most interested in China. And so LeBron James being a good Nike employee, uh, you know, sings the praises of China or ignores the, the problems in China and focuses on being a good propaganda tool for China and Nike that, you know, America is the evil place. He's just being a good Nike employee and serving his bottom line. Hmm. Uh, I know I saw some tweets saying that, you know, you were a rich elite, you know, calling out him as a rich elite. You're a rich elite. No. First of all, you're not even in the same. None of us are in the same uh, category as LeBron James. But you earned your money just like he did. And you came from from nothing. It isn't that. Instead of arguing uh, who's got more money or what you're doing because you have money, the idea is that, yeah, I have money, but I didn't come from money. I earned it, and I, I did it the right way, and in America, anyone can make it. I think that they would argue LeBron earned his money. He came from nothing. He did it the right way. All those things are true. I think what right. separates me and LeBron, though, is I'm aware— that I live a pampered, privileged life. However, I want to create the opportunities for kids who are in the same situation as yes. me to elevate. And so I, I can't be pro-elite. I was an elite. I was not an elite. I was, you know, a kid growing up with a dad that didn't graduate high school and a mom that was a factory worker and came from nothing. And so... I, 
some, a lot of the things I'm arguing aren't in my particular best interest. I'm arguing for people who were like me 30 years ago. How do they climb the ladder? Because, again, uh, uh, America has the most economic mobility than any country on the planet. There, mm-hmm. My story is not unique. Uh, there are other black, white, Asian, uh, Hispanic people that have came from nothing and uh, climbed the social and economic ladder here in America. It's easier to do it here because of our freedoms and the principles that were founded long before any of us were alive. Some of the principles weren't the greatest, but we corrected and improved those and kept the ones that were great. And they allowed people like me to elevate from a, a poor station in life to a life of privilege. I just want other kids and I'm arguing for things that will allow other Jason Whitlocks when they're 10, 12, 11, 15 years old, that they can climb that ladder the same way I did. If we go the way of the elites and what's good for Nike and the globalists, again, there will be less people like Jason Whitlock. Less, I'll reference my, my lawyer and friend in Kansas City, Kirk May, a white guy that came from nothing in Springfield, Missouri. It'll be a lot harder for him to climb that ladder if we go the way that the elites like LeBron James and Nike are, pu- are pushing us. There will be less stories of people uh, overcoming their circumstances and elevating. Because it is it is the story. It's why people are coming from South America here in South America and the rest of the world. China, you have to be connected and you have to be in the right party and the right class and know the right people to be able to make it here. The rule of law was supposed to be justice is blind. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to belong to a union or a guild or be from the right family. All you have to do is invent a better mousetrap. But now we're making that damn near impossible. And you can't because of all the regulations. You have to have money and you have to have connections. And if that stands and continues to grow, people down at the bottom of the ladder, they don't have a chance. They'd never, ever make it. I know I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have made it. They are going to make those people dependent on UBI. And I, I'm just, I don't want to be dependent on UBI. And They're already doing that. Yeah. And, and yes, they, they've done. <laughs> have, someone the other day sent me uh, the letter or the newspaper column that Paul Harvey turned into a, a, broad, a radio broadcast speech. And it was about if, if I were the devil. Uh, and it oh, was yeah. written in 1965. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so profound and so ahead of its time. And, and one of the great lines in there is about, I would take from those who have and give to those who want it, thus like destroying the incentive of the ambitious. And that's what well, we're doing. Look what's happening. Look what's happening with just the bailouts. We have people now making more money than they can make it work. And so they're not going to work. And what people don't understand is, you know, everybody says, oh, inflation's not coming. All inflation is, is too much money chasing too few goods. So all you have to do is not be able to make the goods. Well, if no one's taking their job, 
the factories can't keep up with the demand. So that demand will will promise you higher prices. And everybody's going to bitch and moan about higher prices. They're going to say it's the capitalist system. No, it's not. It's this it's this government hybrid here of socialism and corrupt uh, capitalism that is going to cause massive, massive pain for everybody involved. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So part of our infrastructure bill is to uh, make sure that we have broadband available for everywhere in the country, that we are going to be blanketing this thing coast to coast and the government is going to be involved in it. I don't want the government involved in any of this stuff. Um, I don't think the government has a place in it, a role in it. And, you know, when things go wrong, you become China very quickly if it's all government lines, if it's everything was built by the government. You know, the government's going to build in things for the future. You know, some things that maybe we'd, we'd like to do. I would rather have people like um, Elon Musk building them. Elon Musk has just done uh, SpaceX's Starlink Internet service. And they're rolling it out around the world, and it is a service so you can have high-speed internet anywhere. And the latency is about 40 milliseconds to eh, 20 milliseconds. Well, so you know, we are now uh, have a latency issue uh, of about 100 milliseconds. When you get it below 5, you can do surgery remotely. But 20 milliseconds and 100 for sure is too long you you'll kill a patient on the table if something goes wrong but five milliseconds and below that's like having the surgeon's hands right there in real time well this gets from space this gets you a a latency of 20 milliseconds to 40 milliseconds that's good that's really good for something in space low orbit and he's paying for it now why am i talking about this because I think it's an amazing uh, project that an entrepreneur has taken on and said, I'll get Internet to Appalachia. I'll get Internet anywhere. We're just going to ring the earth with satellites. And he's done it. Now he is going and opening it up. Already it's available in the U.S., in Canada, Australia. Um, and this is just the beta system. It's going to get faster once they have more satellites up, but they are now asking other countries, do you want to buy into this? Do you want part of this? Well, uh, the problem is in South Africa, they desperately need this. But in South Africa, they have uh, they have something called the oh shoot. What is it? The black buy in or something you have to have black uh either ownership or black ceos as the head of the company for you to be able to do anything in south africa now well well wait a minute so what is what does that mean does that mean you're not going to give high-speed internet because elon musk is the ceo and he's white the answer is yes that's exactly what it means so we're no longer on meritocracy we are only judging things on race which I mean, you could find ways around it, I would imagine. But is that what is that a job you would want? 
that you would be the guy who's not really the CEO, but you're black, and so you're going to be the CEO? That'd be horrible. Think of what kind of a country you would have if you start creating those kinds of things. This, this happens often in, in foreign countries and, and sometimes in the U.S. as well. A friend of mine wound up purchasing a, a business in Hawaii, and the rules were basically that there had to be a certain percentage ownership of a native Hawaiian. So it was the business was purchased and then basically the native Hawaiian was sort of like the the billboard on the front of the company, you know, like not necessarily doing a lot, but had to be on the ownership papers and it got paid to be on the ownership papers while the, the regular American, which I guess Hawaiians aren't, I don't, I don't know exactly how that works, but the regular American actually owned and, and operated the business. It's bizarre. And it happens all over the world for foreign countries. It happens all the time uh, with Americans. Yeah, in foreign countries, in, in foreign countries, it happens. And in foreign countries, even Mexico, you can't buy oceanfront property in Mexico unless you're Mexican. So, and, and I understand that. You don't want foreign, foreign nationals to own all of the property that's good. Um, so people, what they do is they, they buy something and you can own it through the bank if you're a foreign national, but only for 100 years. And then it goes back to the bank. Um, and, but if it's, if it's waterfront property, it has to be purchased uh, through a Mexican. So you, what people do, and I, I think, is they buy these properties and they buy them through people who are saying, you live there, but really they're just the caretakers. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a sham. It's a way for people to make money, and it's a sham. Um, I wanted to talk about South Africa because it's a really unique situation um, but, uh, we have somebody who we know through the blaze. He's a really great guy, president and founder of share together, uh, and is from South Africa actually, uh, saved his sister from sex trafficking. It's an amazing story. Yako Buens is, uh, with us now. Yako, how are you? Uh, we can get Yako in. He, uh, he would. He was actually scheduled for about ten minutes from now. I did see him walk in, though. So oh, we can I'm grab sorry. him if you if you. Would oh, like. I thought he was on the phone. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Bring him in. Mm-hmm. Bring him in. He has a really interesting take uh, on th- on what all of this kind of stuff means, um, he, because he sees it in South Africa, and South Africa is a disaster. It's a disaster. It was getting better under um, Nelson Mandela. And they made massive changes. It's not America. It's, n- it's certainly not Israel. Um, and it has some real poverty problems. I mean, the, the difference between the black community in poverty and the white community in poverty is something Americans have never seen. We've just never seen that kind of poverty. And how do you get out of it? We have uh, Yako on with us. Hi, Yako. How are you? Blaine, good to be with you. Good. I'm sorry to pull you in. I thought you were. I thought you were uh, on this uh, half hour. No, it's um, good. I wanted to talk to you about what Elon Musk is dealing with, and what that means in South Africa when you have uh, you have to have a black South African at the head of a company, and it's a sham. A hundred percent, Glenn. It's the Black Economic Empowerment Act. And this act, you know, Dr. Helen Zillow is the leader of the Democratic Alliance, which is in the Cape province. It's the only province that's not governed by the ANC. She wrote a book recently called State Woke Go Broke. 
In the book, she says, we don't know if South Africa can survive the culture wars in the USA. I disagree. I don't think the USA can survive a type policy as what we've had for the last 27 years in the culture wars in South Africa. So South Africa is really a test case. It should be the test case for the world. Everything we've seen through COVID in 2020, I've seen that movie before. I lived it through apartheid. I can script it for you what's coming next. And what's coming next is affirmative action in the U.S. It is a BEE, Black Economic Empowerment-like kind of policy. And this is what that does. It mandates by the state that you have C-suite level executives with a 51% majority ownership of your company. If you're the founder of the company, it doesn't matter. You just hire a black face, you give equity, and that qualifies you for certain privileges by the state, lower taxes, etc. And then, most importantly, you can qualify for government contracts. And here comes the massive corruption. This is why you see President Zuma indicted for fraud, the Guptas, why you see banks going down, why you see ESCOM, the power company, funneling money, billions of dollars out of South Africa. It's because of black economic empowerment. But the policy does the following. Um, Black economic empowerment is preferential procurement, affirmative action, quotas, even in sport, to where a sports team says, hey, seven seven players this color, three players white, two players that color, not on merit, even in, crazy. even in sport on our national level, our national level. Then it also, of course, economic equity and in, and in uh, uh, you know, the representation that needs to be across the board. So literally how it works is there's a scoring system, Glenn. And if you say, look, I'm not going to subscribe to BEE at all. I'm, I am a business owner in South Africa still. And I had to decide, do I want to subscribe to BEE? And if you don't, you get penalized. Your capital gains, your taxes are through the roof. Now you start playing the game because there's a scorecard. Okay, I'll bring in one C-suite guy. I, I earn a couple points. Two C-suite guys, uh, 20% ownership. And this this game. And what happens, I'll give you an example. The head of our education department in South Africa, the head. So our, our equivalent of the head of education in the U.S., and we have ministers. Mm-hmm. Our minister of education does not have an education degree. Our minister of health is not a doctor. Think about that first. The, the person who's writing policies on health in South Africa is not a doctor. It's a person who used to work in the economic department, who used to be in mining, and just gets placed at the top of the tier of a, of a whole sector, this is what Elon yeah. is stepping into. So this is what, uh, this, this is the Great Reset. Absolutely. This is what the World Economic Forum, I mean, the scorecard is already there. It's the ESG system. A hundred percent. And I, I think that's what you're going to hear um, a tip of the hat to tonight about finding new ways to equity and to make things more fair, et cetera, et cetera. And what you're describing, I think, probably was the prototype. And now they've just figured out how to do it and how to cast it out for the whole world through the World Economic Forum. Uh, Because all of those things are being proposed right now in the United States. All of those things. It's sad to say, Glenn, but I I called several economists because thank you for inviting me on your show. I really always appreciate you. I called them because I just want to be on the cusp, factual on your show. Even this morning, spoke to one of the top economists in the country and he said, Yaku, we are cringing over here because you're literally following our playbook from 1997, 2001, 2005. 
It is, it's like it's scripted. The guys can predict what's next. So tell me what it was like and, uh, and what they sold and what happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm from South Africa, you know, born and raised 27 years, first 27 years of my life, Glenn. And so through the apartheid era, I was raised. And I was, we were raised right by a mom who said, hey, all men are equal, created by God. But what we saw is a massive pendulum swing in reverse racism and, and the result and, and the immediately the proposed you know economic plan was black economic empowerment and it took three years to employ from 1994 when nelson came out of prison to 1997 now here here are the so st- he was part of this oh 100 because he didn't no 100 he did not have he didn't he was a communist yeah. but he didn't have he didn't seem to have a bone in his body where it was vengeance no but but nelson it's like it always now there was a version of this plan with president mandela that then you know those was kind follow yeah it was kinder and it it was truly about you know building a nation together and really bringing people together because the man had a hard change in prison he was a communist yes but he had a hard change but very quickly those who took over power from him swung the pendulum all the way and that's what we're seeing in the u.s now i firmly believe right. the radical left feel like barack obama was not radical enough and this is oh, yeah. this is the time oh, yeah. to come get the pound of flesh and this is oh, what's yeah. going to happen it's scripted so when that pendulum swung reverse racism came in but this is what happened three trillion dollars u.s dollars was spent by the apartheid government on the on the majority which is always black in africa the majority is black the minority is white there's only mm-hmm. 3 million people that speak my language on the planet, Afrikaans. It's a small group of people, right? So when that pendulum swung and they brought in black economic empowerment, here's what happened. We're now at 29% nationally unemployment rate. 29%. Oh, my gosh. Today. That's a figure today. That's black economic empowerment. There is no middle class. It enriches the political class. They hand out contracts, government contracts to to government employees, this is pay for play. This is everything you cringe about as a free American, and it's coming. and the, And they and they call it, you know, the, the Economic Forum in South Africa, the Equality Act. They have done nothing. This policy does nothing, Glenn, to uplift. It's as black as bad for black South Africans as it is for white South Africans. It's a facade. They're riding on the backs of their own people. It's a cannibalization of their own people. It's a voting block so that we can stay in power, the ANC, through black mm-hmm. economic. And now a foreign company comes in. Elon is a South African born. I'm South African born. We're both citizens of the U.S. But Elon is about to step into a mess. I mean, I Is think, he going to do it? I don't think so. Because what they're going to require of him, I can't see that man give it up. He's going to have to give up. He's going to have to position his company at 51% black ownership in South Africa. 51%. That's controlling interest, Glenn. You know that. I mean, this is the, how, the, how the, the, the corporation is steered. And the, the reason they do that, whether it is our version of Walmart, which is MassMart, or our version of Nestle, Cadbury, they put these guys in senior C-suite positions so that they answer to the government, Stu. They answer to the government. So the government says, turn left, a corporation shifts, culture shifts. They control the purse strings, and they pay these guys we got people in education in South Africa that earn more than doctors. And by the way, it trickles down. Today, if you're a white kid, which is the minority in South Africa by number, okay, the minority, you cannot go to school to become a doctor. They won't let you in. Your skin color is not right. 
You can't become a doctor. So it trickles down to sport. We're talking about quotas in our version of peewee football, peewee rugby. Hey, sorry, uh, only four white kids allowed on the team. Not merit. Hey, but Johnny is really fast. No, Johnny, you're the wrong skin color. That's coming. More in uh, just a second. I, I want to talk to uh, Yako about uh, something else that is going on. When, the, when Nelson Mandela died, there was a, a turn towards vengeance. Uh, enough of this reconciliation. And they turned to vengeance. And it is the dark side of what's happening here in America as well. And it hasn't led to anything good. We're going to talk about that coming up. The best of the Glenn Beck program. It is so sad, Yako, because South Africa is beautiful. Um, and, you know, it is a it's a system that was built, uh, I think, by um, uh, Nelson Mandela out of love. He thought he was yeah. right about his economic policies. He's a communist um, and he thought he was doing the right thing by the people. And now once he died, a new guy came in and said to heck with all the nice stuff. And you were telling us in the break that uh, you know the guy who was in jail with Nelson Mandela. Yeah, I, I had the, f- the fortune of meeting a cellmate of Nelson, actually, who became a professor and had a heart change. But there were policies drawn up, a battle strategy pl- planned while they were in prison for almost three decades, right, of how to take this country back. And it was a direct connection with the outside world, the foreign world, and prison system with the ANC, which was the African National Communist Party. Let's not forget that. And, and Nelson Mandela was not put in jail because he was a black man. They blew up a building. Children mm-hmm. got hurt. This is, this is the, it was acts of treason, right? And so, mm-hmm. so, but anyway, Nelson comes out. He, he was a people person, though, Glenn. He loved people. The guy yes. who followed him up, Tabu Mbeki, was a radical, absolute radical communist. And Mbeki said, forget about this nice stuff. Forget about this, their version of a reset with Nelson loving people and wanting, you know, true, true, you know, relationship in the nation, the rainbow nation, as we were called, right? And Mbeki just said, forget, Nelson's out, drop the hammer. And it's been downhill from there. And the policies are absolutely radical. And we should, as Americans, make a study of South Africa since 1994 to today, really 1997 when this came in, when Nelson started losing his grip because he was oh, he was still there and president, but he was losing his grip on his party. His party ousted him way before he actually left as president. They they took mm. it back. It was really just three years of him of them following him because it was an euphoric kind of a you know emotionally driven Correct. thing. And then when they realized, well, Nelson's not really going to just just hate Do white people. Things. Right, and so then they started taking power back, and then you know the Jacob Zuma's of the world, who is who is so radical, and now you know Cyril Ramaphosa, who is an absolute fraud, a fake, and in in the, the infighting and, and it's the corruption. It's corrupt. It's it's yeah, so it is, corrupt. It's the corruption you're seeing now in Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Uh, the corruption you're seeing now in the Biden family, where they just enrich themselves um, because they're part of the deal. We hide it better. But you'll notice that here in America, people are starting just to just be out with it. I yeah. mean, look at Black Lives Matter. 
I'm just I'm just going out and buying houses. How? How are you buying? Where is that money coming from? How are you buying all those houses? And you know, it's so cliche, follow the money. But it's there's President Zuma, Jacob Zuma. Currently, it's Ramaphosa. Zuma goes and, and up to the equivalent of $100 million US plus, builds himself houses around the globe, builds these four. You can always follow the money. Black Lives Matter, Inc., is literally following the playbook of the South African state, the State Department at the moment. And they're walking hand in hand to the point where we have George Floyd Square, where black businesses are now out of business. They didn't do anything. I mean, the black businesses. Is Black Lives Matter, Inc. funding those businesses? No. No? No. And they're calling for the police, begging the police. Of course. Please come back. Of course. Please come back. And this is South Africa today. We have no borders. My family owns a farm on the border. On the border. The most northern border of South Africa. Our fence, the family's farm is, is a border fence. I mean, you can't do anything. Someone walks onto your land, shoots an elephant, shoots a rhino, Comes to the home. You can't even, you know, in South Africa, you can't fire upon somebody if they're in your house unless they fire upon you first. And so just look at where we're going. Mm-hmm. I can take the gun issue in, South, in, in the U.S. and say, been there, saw that happen. Take your guns. Literally came and confiscated guns in people's homes, right? I, I can just, the playbook is there and we should not, you know, we should, it's shame on us if we get fooled by this, Glenn, because there is a how model. Are you f- how are you feeling about tonight? And the speech tonight. You know me. I am an optimist. I, we fight evil, but I have a really, really bad feeling about tonight. I feel like, and I told you this in a break, and I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but I feel like we're going to remember tonight as a marker that we'll look back at and say, that moment, things pivoted. I think they're getting so bold that tonight they're going to lay out policy. And unfortunately, I think America is just too numb, some, Definitely the left who voted them into power to even see what they're doing. They're disemboldened. For, for those with sanity in our country, like the Glenn Becks and the Stews and this network, we're going to look at it and say, there it is. There it is. They're now so bold, they're going to lay out a plan. And I just ask people, look at the plan that's laid out tonight and then look at what's currently in South Africa. And you're going to see so many dots line up. So, Yaku, you and I have spoken off air many times because there's something going on in South Africa that uh, is horrifying. Yeah. But because the alt-right got involved, um, the reporters won't, no one will report on it. And it is very similar to what is happening here in America, I think. There um, There is a part of it that is race. There's also a part of it, I think, a big part that is that is just lawlessness. Yeah, because you can do anything. We're seeing this here in America. Those the people who were, um, you know, burning things down and and rioting and taking things from Walmart, they don't believe in anything. Not at all. They're just it's just lawlessness. Because who's going to stop them? Yeah, there is a problem uh, with uh, farmers, generally white that are just being slaughtered in their homes uh, by these gangs. And nobody's willing to verify, nobody's willing to go on record, and so many people in the mainstream media just deny that it's even happening. Is it happening? Glenn, I'm going to tell you, I'll go on record. I have the interviews to prove it. My family is there. It's absolutely happening. We have gone from 300,000 farmers in 1994 to 30,000 farmers in South Africa in 27 years. 
300,000 farmers to 30,000 farmers, okay? The farming community is a direct attacked community in South Africa. They're profiled 100%. If you're, it, do you know that by the World Forum, the most dangerous job on the earth today is to be a South African farmer? That is the most dangerous job. The, the whole World Forum agrees to this, but in the U.S., mainstream media don't want to go there. Why? Because it's predominantly 95% white farmers. And we're not talking about killing a bullet. A bullet would be merciful. We're talking about killing, raping women, killing them by burning them with blow torches. We're talking about dragging them behind vehicles, delimbing people, decapitating people, raping children in front of the fathers, pouring hot water down their throats. They just, you know, had a young kid, 22-year-old farmer, Brennan. They skinned him like you skin a deer in the public square, hung him in a tree and skinned him, Glenn. This is not, we got the photographs. This is verifiable, but the alt-right, unfortunately, tried to make it worse. It's bad enough. We don't need to make it worse. Just let the truth stand for itself and the president of south africa says nothing to see here and and his and his defense is well there's there's you know there's 50 you know murders a week in south africa Uh, it's nothing to see here disproportionately when you look at well who is being murdered you see well wait a second there's not another sector in society on earth that is more profiled than the south african farmer yes black farmers are being killed too because they're 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 considered traitors because they work with the white farmer, right? And so now you need to talk about the land grab that's going on. The government yeah. just- Who's t- grabbing the, ga- the land? The, the government, and there's no uh-huh. compensation. So you've got a mortgage on the land, you've got mortgage on your tractors or your equipment, they go, that's your problem yep. with the bank. Yeah, we're just taking, we're, we're taking the land. And do you think they're selling the land? Do you know that a black farmer in South Africa today, want people to hear this, cannot buy his own farmland? He leases it from the government. So they take land from the white farmers and then they lease it to the black farmer. He can't even buy it. They won't allow him to, if he had the cash, white farmers are going around putting mortgages down for black farmers saying, we want, they won't, it can't, it's state owned. Under the guise of democracy, these are facts, absolute facts. I'll bring the proof, I'll bring the, I'll, I'll set up the interviews, but the world doesn't want to touch it because it's reverse racism. And they don't want to talk about that at all. Yaka, we have we have talked about this, and I've talked about this with my producers for almost two years. Um, and we are going to do a we'll do a special with you on it, and we'll do it this quarter. Thank you. Uh, I promise you. Um, it is. We just have to be very careful because the alt right, as you said, yeah. Yeah. makes it worse than it is. You don't have to make it worse. not at all. And whether it is because of of black radicals or just chaos and I think it's a combination of the two. It's just it's it's what's happening here in America. Glenn. And if you don't think that that will come here, oh my you're goodness. sadly mistaken. Sadly Glenn, mistaken. Glenn, you're walking in the streets and someone commits a murder and they want to they prosecute the guy. And they go, we can't do anything to this guy. He, he's not here. He's a ghost because he's an illegal immigrant. He's from Kenya, Rwanda. You know, Ivory Coast. Well, what's happening at the moment? You know, Guatemala, walking through other countries into our country. Honduras, they're just walking in. This is literally, I'm telling that little country of South Africa in the political cycle is ahead of the United States. And it's a very young country, but it is ahead. We have done this. This exercise does not work. 
it's going to break mm. this culture if we do this. And Glenn, I promise you, I'll bring you the, the, the from the horse's mouth. The verified truth will bring black, white economists, black, white farmers, and, and you yourself and your audience, because you always give your audience fact. And I love this show and I love this network. We'll bring it to you. We have to shed light on these things because it, it is it is a warning for all should be for all our politicians and for for people in this nation to say if you keep voting this way or or supporting this radical stuff this is this is what happens it's human nature anarchy yako thank you so much thank you uh, yako buyans you can find him at yako buyan spelled right just the way it sounds uh j a c o b o o y e n s you can find him at yakobuyansministries.org uh, or share together now.org. Na, 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 na.